0: Beautiful humans. Welcome to another episode of Role Models, Juicy Conversations with Beautiful Humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement, and your host. This podcast thrives on your support. So if you like what you hear, follow us, rate us, review us, and share this episode with everyone you know across all your networks. So today's episode is about connection, exploration, and determination. My guest is Noah Scott founder and CEO of The Big Possible. As the host of multiple retreats around the world, connecting high-profile entrepreneurs and speakers, Noah has become a master of creating powerfully immersive experiences. He is deeply motivated by the human experience and has spent over a decade mastering the art of connection. Welcome, Noah.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Oh my gosh, what a delight. And I understand you're in Bulgaria right now.
1: Yes, I'm in this. It's such a picturesque town called Sofia. It's the capital of Bulgaria, but I'll bounce around. I'll spend about a month in one country. And before this was Romania. And I've been doing this for about 10 months now. And it's really just opened my eyes in terms of how interesting the different cultures can be, how to make friends quickly in a new city. It, it's been pretty wild, but yeah.
0: I love that. Now, okay. So you like human connection, and every human has a story. Let us hear about yours?
1: Well, I think... You know, my my story is quite interesting. I think I started my 20s as a total delinquent. I would pretty much party every night. It took me 10 years to graduate college, but I finally did. <laughs> Changed my major like seven times. Started multiple side hustles along the way. And one day I was like 29 and I was completely just, I got out of a breakup and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. So I decided to walk across Japan, which I spoke Japanese at the time. I did this backpacking trip. Trip from Kyoto to Tokyo. And it was 500 kilometers. That was like my eat, pray love to figure out what am I doing with my life? And along the way, I found something that was the first real big project that I finished. And I think that courage to like stick through something, set a goal, and even how hard it was, I, I ran out of money halfway through. I had to work in sake factories and farms, but I finished. And that feeling was so addicting that, oh, I, I set myself a hard goal and I went through all the way to the end and I did it. I carried that with me. And And After that, started a production company in LA, quickly grew that to where we were one of LA's top short film companies, produced a feature film, got into this point where, okay, I was done with that. It was just, there wasn't a future. Started working in marketing for like five years. And that was like the safe job where I suddenly lost all my testosterone, my social circle disappeared. And I'm like back to this spot I was, you know, a decade ago when I'm wrapping up my twenties, like, what am I doing? And I think that's kind of when I got the spark to start The Big Possible, which really is about connection. What I realized looking back at my time in my business as an entrepreneur, my favorite moments were when I was hosting dinner parties where I would have friends from different industries, other entrepreneurs come and we'd share a meal together. Those moments of connection were the brightest. And so I wanted to create an experience that would take that to a whole new level. And that's kind of what the the business is now where we host retreats around the world.
0: Mm, that's exceptional. And a lot of your conversations are very stimulating they're not the ordinary ones and you talk about you know being human and we're all human in this together and what a great opportunity to live in your words why is it so great to be human
1: we get to dream that is so unique we could have been anything we could have been rock we could have been a dog we could have been born somewhere in space without air but we got to be human and i think the ability to give yourself a goal envision it and then take the actions to make it happen is something that's so unique to us we also get to love we also get to connect with other people and there's a gift that we have every single day that we have breath and to be conscious of that breath and to control it and then to make all that happen it's with that gratitude that we can now say okay with this dream that i have how can i help other people to find the same sense of peace that i'm feeling right now and how can i have the moments that i'm here be filled with more of that gratitude so for me that's kind of what being human is it's Mm. the ability to dream and the ability to affect the world around us
0: Mm. And why is it that you think that humans are here? What are we here for?
1: That is a really interesting question. If I knew the answer,
0: Maybe when Krista finds out that answer, maybe we're living I, it right
1: now. <laughs> I, think, I think so. Krishna Murti speaks a lot about the wisdom that we can learn from just experiencing mm-hmm. and not trying to fill our head and say we know all the answers, mm-hmm. but to actually be present and to look and see the answer in the grass to the answer in the wind that's blowing on our face. Marcus Aurelius talks that the reason or good fortune is created by being a good person and doing good deeds. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those answers are good enough to use. And I think if we don't really know it, we can go to nature and we can feel it. And Mm -hmm. if there's enough clarity out there to give us at least a grounded feeling of acceptance for our purpose to be here, and I think that's enough.
0: Mm, Beautiful, beautiful. And as humans, we have this innate ability to get to know ourselves and our lives are filled with the journey back to ourselves, I often will say. And along the way, we get to self-express, we get to manifest our life. And one of the ways that you've been able to manifest your life is through through visual arts and through other ways and channels and your voice and whatnot. But curious about the visual arts perspective and how that might have informed your life.
1: Mm. It awoke in something that I've always had a skill to be creative. I've started my career making videos, done photography, had a fashion line. So I've always kind of had this knack, but I never was formally trained. Yeah. One year, I don't know when I started doing this, maybe about seven years ago, I started doing these things where I would have, New Year's, I would create something that would be a life-changing goal. And I would I'd try to accomplish that within a year. One year, I'm sitting on my ex-girlfriend's couch and I am I say, okay, you know what I'm gonna do this year? I'm gonna learn how to paint and I'm gonna hold an exhibit. Never actually painted. I knew I was creative, but I didn't have the hand coordination to do it. And it, I was trying to solve this problem. Like, how do I approach this? And it, January went by. I had some ideas for a concept. February went by. I still didn't really know. I knew what I wanted to express. I wanted to express the beauty of the human body and this sort of journey between life and death. Mm-hmm. And I was one day I was at the museum and I was looking at this piece. It was by Christopher Wool. And the simplicity of it, it was just black and white. But there was a texture that really brought me in. There was like, and I looked at the, what he used to do it. It was silkscreen ink and on linen. And I was like, wait a second, I know how to silk screen. So I connected the dots back from when I did t-shirts when I taught myself how to silk screen. And I'm like, oh, now I know I have a process now. And then I gave myself constraints. Okay, I'm going to, because I don't know anything about painting, I'm just going to give myself two colors, black and white. And now I have my process. I'm a great photographer. So I just started shooting. I did photography. And then I would bring those images and I'd alter them on Photoshop. And then I I'd, I'd went into the darkroom, used a hand emulsion to make these silk screens. And because I did it by hand, they were kind of like, everything was imperfect. And so, you know, I put it on the thing and the first one came out and I was like, whoa, that is cool. And so- the first painting I did, it was, it sold. And I'm like, great, okay, art. we're on to something. <laughs> uh, and then I, since I had the process, I could just replicate and each piece became better. And I sure I had some things that kind of turned out like garbage, but that's okay because <laughs> They were still cool. But the most interesting thing that I learned out of that was I think it was the acceptance that I am creative. I think that was something that being able to embrace that skill of using the the hands and something I thought capable of doing. Now I've given myself this mission to do it. It unlocked so much more confidence in all the other creative aspects of my work. Mm -hmm. Graphic design, suddenly I elevated my graphic design to a whole new level. My video went to a whole new level. Even my writing, like everything was just like, wait, you have this skill. And because I consistently said that I wasn't good at this, I wasn't good at this, I was stunting my own ability. And so by giving myself the permission to try, suddenly, I just said, Oh, actually, I have this talent, let me embrace this.
0: And sometimes that's all it takes, you know, to your point, we do tell ourselves these scripts, oh, I'm not good at this, or I could never do that, or I'm I'm afraid to do this. And if we only gave ourselves the opportunity for a little bit of evidence to show through, then it could just completely release the floodgates. And, and then you start to re-script your life by saying, I'm the k- kind of person that is creative. I am the kind of person that is going to try new things. I am the kind of person that won't let anything stop me. And everything changes from there. Isn't that amazing? It's a mindset with a little Motoring. bit of validation that can help along the way to keep you you know, going and, and motivating to continue to try for sure. Wow. So now you are a full-time nomadic entrepreneur. What has traveling the world taught? You.
1: I think it's taught me a lot to appreciate the connections that you make along the way mm-hmm. because every single time I land in a new city, I don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And there are countless people who are ready to speak to you, but you have to put the initiative out. And it's a lot of work. Even I'm an extrovert, I still get to these moments where I'm, you know, surrounded by strangers and I'm like, how do I get to this point where I feel like I'm not alone anymore? And it's, you know, so that appreciation for the people that you meet and your life really they're like the lights in the darkness it it really is this every single moment there's an opportunity to speak to somebody and so like when i'm talking to a barista at the cafe i really appreciate the interaction that i have a lot more than i did when i was just in the day-to-day grind because everything is new everything is novel and even just the simplest things like walking on the street now are filled with so much more color more energy and also i think there's a different approach to habits i would always have a good morning routine for example or like get disciplined but the middle of the day who knows what would happen by resetting my routine every single time when i move to a new city my cues are completely different the environment is so it gives me the opportunity to now intentionally create habits every single month and look at the habits that i've had like i've picked up and be like wait this isn't really serving me let me let go of that i've noticed that i was eating out much more when i was in romania i'm like wait i need to start cooking more so here in bulgaria i'm like doing my grocery shopping and i'm I'm cooking a lot more. And it's an easy way to give yourself that reflection because you're always stimulated by new things.
0: Yeah. Whenever I travel, I'm always first amazed by the beauty of our earth. There's always something new in the nature and in the environment and even in what man has built in the architecture and the history that goes along with. There's always a new and interesting vibe there. And I love what you said about even walking up to somebody that you don't know, it could be a barista or it could be somebody in the street to ask for help. And instead of thinking about it as a transaction which I think a lot of people live their lives very transactionally or conditionally and really stepping into that moment of appreciating that person that that energy that soul that's right there in front of you and developing a connection which is what you're all about now you know you've mastered that you really understand that it's, it's extraordinary think about the odds of what coming across anybody in your lifetime and actually developing a relationship or even being able to say hi billions mm-hmm. mill into one if you think about it mm-hmm. all time space in this in our lifetime that we get the opportunity As I appreciate so much the opportunity to have this podcast with you, what are the odds that we would have ever have connected and met and been able to have this glorious conversation? I do not ever take anything like that for granted. And even if you don't have the ability to travel, there are ways to break up those habits that you talk about, even if it means rearranging the furniture in your apartment or something that makes a little bit of a shift so that you can really step out of all of those mindless things that you're doing and become more mindful. I think that's actually Mm -hmm. a good Habit to start to recreate yourself each month. That's not a bad thing. I love that. Yeah,
1: it's it's funny that you you brought that up about the synchronicity of the moment that we have every day. I had this moment. I was in the sauna at the gym, and ninety percent of the time there's nobody in there. One day I had this. This was in Budapest, maybe two months ago. I had this guy that you know he was traveling, big muscular dude. He comes in, and you know we both finished our workout at the same time, and we're both in Budapest. I think this is the odds are already kind of astronomical, but Then we start having a conversation and we get deep and philosophical. And he said something that, you know, that was so powerful that it impacted me to this day. And he's like, you know, your story's not yours to keep to yourself. Your story is there so that you can share it with the world. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I started thinking, like, what had to have happened for me to be in this moment? And that I could have been in a mood and I didn't talk. But because we talked, because we opened up and we were vulnerable, now we've got this like just awesome interaction. I I don't even have this guy's number. We don't have our phones in the sauna, whatever. But it's it's
0: more, it's yeah, can like, be more vulnerable yeah. than sitting in a sauna with another large man and <laughs> <laughs> start striking up a conversation. <laughs> that's beautiful. Wow. So, you know, coming off of this pandemic, so many people are hungry for real in real life connection. And though it remains elusive for a lot of people, particularly our young people who a lot of them now, you know, that they've gone through high school or even college, they haven't had the opportunity to have real good connections during formative years of their lives. What are some of the bulletproof ways that people can use to build deep connections?
1: I think the first really big thing is about how we listen. And especially right now, we're so filled with the instant gratification. So one thing I love to do is to leave my phone at home as much as possible. So when I go to the gym, leave my phone at home. When I go for a walk sometimes, you just leave your phone at home and that creates more presence. And when you're having a conversation, the last thing you wanna do is have your phone on the table because even if you see it, it's still gonna pull you away. And try as much as possible to use active listening. That means really engage to what this person is. Is telling you, give them the space to finish what they're saying. And then when they're done, say something. Thank you for sharing that. A- acknowledge that, that they've given a portion of their soul. And then you can add some commentary. I think that active listening is the biggest one. And then I think the questions we ask are also a big part of how we can get deep quickly. So often we just say the same questions. What do you do for work? How's your day? And if you just kind of even just listen to some of the questions that Jennifer is asking, it's like, wow, you can really pull some powerful statements and then t- couple that with the act of listening. And now you're just connecting deeply. And there's a framework I use also is, was to host dinner parties. Dinner parties are some of the best ways because the place in which you have a conversation has a lot of significance. There's a book, The Art of Gathering, which really talks about how to bring in- in-person experiences together and actually have them be meaningful. So if you hang out in a nightclub, you're not gonna have very good conversation. There's just no way. But if you have a dinner party now it's intimate. You're sent, it's also multi-sensory, right? you connecting with the food. You have the taste. You have the sights. You have the smells, the touch. So anytime you can actually allow yourself to be more present and share that experience with someone else, it's going to ignite so much on a deeper level. And so, yeah, the dinner parties powerful, powerful experience. Going on adventures with people, the out of the comfort zone, away from the sort of the mundane, even if it's going for a walk, rather than having a meeting in the office, have a, do a do a walking meeting or, you know, bring your friend out of the house rather than sitting at the TV. There's a lot of ways that just ha- changing the environment can give you an opportunity to share an experience on a deeper level.
0: Absolutely. There are so many opportunities that I've come across over dinner parties or cocktail hours versus just sitting in a boardroom or, you know, a regular boring meeting with four walls where there's no joy and there's no passion in there. But when you put a beautiful glass of wine in front of a person or an amazing meal a wonderful charcuterie. Oh my God, forget about it. It's like, then you're sharing a, a moment of joy together and you really get to know that person much more intimately than you would in a setting where everybody feels like they have to kind of act in a more professional or a closed mm-hmm. up way. So yeah, I love that suggestion for, especially for young people to like step into these areas and these places where you can really connect over things that you love, things of joy, yeah. moments of joy. There's
1: also there's also one other element too that is a little bit more difficult to encapsulate, but there's a concept that deeper connection happens over shared struggle and not just shared experiences but shared struggle so if if you can introduce some purpose behind the gathering that will enable everyone to come with an intention to solve a problem or to overcome something and you know giving a thread of common ground mm-hmm. sometimes over struggle as we're coming together to solve that it allows us to also have more things to talk about understand people on a deeper level so sometimes if you can mm-hmm. if you can also work that in. Now you've got this magic recipe to just Mm. get to know people really deeply.
0: Yeah, really bonding over those shared experiences and the feelings of the struggle or a a feeling of joy. It doesn't have to be a struggle. It It could be just a shared feeling a shared emotion. What what great advice with so much fear swirling in the world? How can somebody lean into risk taking and developing a big vision for their lives? Like some people are really comfortable where they are. So like, you know, they don't really feel like they have to stretch too far out of their comfort zone. Maybe they've been, you know, raised in a wonderful suburban neighborhood and have been given quite a lot of opportunities before them. And they're like, "Mm, I don't really feel like the need to take risks. But yet some people who either hit rock bottom or to your point, you know, you come out of a, a really traumatic relationship. Maybe there was a breakup. It's like, what do I have to lose? And then you just go for it. So that often is a catalyst for that. But what about the person who's, you know, kind of like happy with their lives? You know, what do you recommend in terms of taking risks from that standpoint?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because the most dangerous spot to be in is complacency. It's hard to take a risk. Mm-hmm. But what happens is you're going to eventually get to a point if we're not growing, we're actually dying. And mm-hmm. that's it's a little bit harder to accept, but you know, I look at a lot of my friends who are comfortable and what ends up happening is there's a sadness or a complacency that starts to eat away at them after a long time. And an easy way to introduce risk into your life is through adventure. Whether that's picking up a new hobby, whether that's traveling a little bit more, whether that's picking up a project, like maybe there's a cause that is important to you. And it's only through these moments where we can devote ourselves entirely to the task at hand that we can really truly be happy. I think there's a lot of research that's been done. Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, he's he's a guy that talks about flow, speaks a lot about how the people that when they're fully engaged in a project, that's when they're the happiest. And I think the biggest danger we have is comfort. Comfort's going to keep us from challenging ourselves and eventually what's going to happen is we're going to start to fizzle out burn out sure things might be comfortable but if we're not actively putting challenge in front of us there's a danger that we're going to live with a life of regret the only way to minimize regret is by taking chances taking risks every day should be a bet every day should be a gamble and the more you roll the dice the more you start to understand the patterns on the table so there's always uncertainty there's always things that are going to go wrong but if you approach it like you know hey i'm going to safeguard this bet like i know when my stop loss is in stocks they have a thing where you if you invest at like $95 you can set it up so that if the price goes down to 90 you'll sell your shares you do that across a lot of different things you're going to protect yourself in the long run from having made bad decisions but it's much better to try and to take the risk than to do nothing because what happens is along the way as we take those risks we get more feedback and we're able to learn we're able to grow and we're able to expand you start small Start with something that maybe just a passion project. Start with maybe a weekly hobby. Start with asking people out on a date every day. Whatever thing that you want to grow or or get better at, just show up every day with this consistent, I'm going to try to get a little bit better at this. And before you know it, your skin gets thicker. You're able to embrace the risk a little bit more. And you know that every time you take a risk, there's a reward waiting for you.
0: Mm. I love how you described that because there are certainly people who I've spoken to who are like, yeah, I like the consistency consistency. I like to be reliable. I like the steadiness of a life that doesn't have a lot of highs and lows and ups and downs. And that's their vibe. I would say that there is a difference between being innately curious versus being somebody who's like a total, you know, adrenaline junkie is going to go, you know, bungee jumping. It's not that there is a continuum, there is a spectrum of your curiosity, which will prevent you from a life of stagnation and complacency. And the ultimate worst thing, which is, boredom, you know, when nobody wants mm-hmm. to ha- live a boring life, I think that sense of curiosity helps to get you to a place where you are continuously learning, you're continuously improving, you're continuing to grow rather than dying, as you say. So beautifully put, beautifully put. I would love for you to tell us about these retreats that you run. Clearly, it's taking you all over the world. And you're creating a lot of magic for a lot of people. So tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, the biggest reason I'm so excited about that isn't so much about getting out to have a Vacation, and you know, be surrounded by a luxury environment. It's about the lives that we're changing. When people show up, and immediately you can see the relief from leaving the world behind and showing up with a group of intentional, like-minded entrepreneurs who are all there to learn, to grow, to find that perspective and peace of mind. And then by the end of it, it's like I have people coming up with tears in their eyes, telling me how much they appreciate the experience, how this has changed their life. People forging business partnerships with each other during the experience, helping each other get clients, just that aspect is what really keeps me going. The reality of knowing that together, we're able to achieve so much more than on our own. When we look at the world through the lens of leverage, the more leverage we have, the more impact we're going to be able to make. But some of the biggest leverage is, that's out there is actually community. We don't have to know all the answers. But if we know someone who knows the answer, now we've shortcutted the learning curve. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, I like to think of all the guests that are coming to my retreats as pioneers. They're all exploring the unknown, going out on their own horizons, but they're sharing the maps of that horizon with the other guests that are there. So what we'll do is we'll have four days of staying in a luxury in- environment. So I'll, I'll rent a beautiful villa on Airbnb or just through some of my contacts. And we'll have a chef create culinary masterpieces, just like tantalizing the, the taste buds, giving this authentic experience of the local cuisine, we'll have performances from local artists. We'll also have these like TED style presentations where there's a speaker and they're talking about business. We're talking about growth We're talking about human connection. And then you're in this environment where we create this alchemy for connection. And so there's deep questions, there's guided workshops, but then the best part, my favorite part is there's adventure. So we're going out, we're going to cenotes, we're going to the beach, we're we're celebrating at night. So that's kind of the experience in a nutshell. It's about showing up, shedding the skin of the day-to-day with a community of other people who are also with that same intention and then learning while we're there, getting the perspective to craft a life vision and then going home empowered with the people who are going to be able to make it happen.
0: For those people who are listening who haven't been to a retreat like this, I strongly encourage you to look in the show notes and look at the big possible so that you can find out more information about what Noah is doing here. It is extremely special for those of you who feel like you are ready for a change in your life. If you are ready for a transformation this could be exactly what you are looking for. It could be exactly what your soul is hungry for in order to make those connections, to step out of your comfort zone, to get into a place where you can meet people who can help you on your next adventure. And then you're having this incredible adventure as you're doing it. Thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom with us all the way from Bulgaria. I wish you much success and abundance in the rest of your life. And I know that we will be forever connected.
1: Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's been a- pleasure